What flavor of Red Bull is that? That's what I was trying oh. to figure out. <laughs> this is, is peach? peach Nectarine Red Bull. Peach? Yeah, I don't know. It's good. I like it. Uh, fair enough. I've always I've tried to fuck with peach before back in the day. Do you want to try it? I want to try a little bit. Let me see. No, that's actually not bad. I tried the the yellow one the other day. The tropical. The tropical one. <laughs> this are we are we sponsored? Yeah, we'll buy Red Bull. <laughs> no, it's too late for that now. Hello, listeners. Sorry we left you hanging for so long without an episode or an update or an explanation. We actually recorded this episode like six months ago, back during summer. Feels like a million years ago to me now. But then my life got turned upside down and a bunch of crazy shit happened to me that I won't go into details about. But basically, this got put on the back burner and I kind of totally forgot about it and had other shit going on. So yeah, now I'm finally getting around to editing it and putting it out. So sorry about leaving you hanging. I had to take out a whole bit about Joe Rogan's nipples. I don't know if people even remember that, but there was a meme going around about him going into an ice bath and his nipples looked really weird. It was a pretty funny little bit, but uh, I guess it didn't make sense out of context. (laughs) So, you know, if there's anything else from this episode that seems dated, that wasn't as convenient for me to cut, just you know, pretend you were listening to this six months ago. Anyways, yeah, this is the last episode of Doomer v. Bloomer, but it will not be the last that you're hearing from either Kami or I, hopefully. So, you know, listen to the episode to find out what each of us will be doing next and stay tuned till the end or, you know, skip to the end if you must to find out where to keep your eyes on if you want to keep up with our future projects. Without further ado, here's the episode. Well, here we are, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, we're going to do this episode, and uh, we're going to call her good, and I think we're wrapping it up this this episode. This is the final episode of, what's it called? Doomer versus Bloomer, but it's a little sad. No, yeah. No, it's actually pretty amical. I mean, yeah, we just, we're basically doing this to make sure so people don't, <laughs> it was like, we didn't like fight each other, and-, and uh, Right. <laughs> and also- and- because we were both working on new projects that mm-hmm. maybe we'll talk more about later. But, you know, to keep y'all in the loop about what, what we're doing and what the next stage of our creative endeavors exactly. are. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, uh, we're back at it with Franz, your Bloomer host, Howdy. and myself, Kami, resident Doomer, for the last time here to talk to y'all about Doomerism and Bloomerism. And uh, we're going to finally decide which one <laughs> which one who, who, who was right and uh the final I'm, showdown i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say it was me <laughs> i was i was right the entire time you should have listened but uh it's too late now <laughs> <laughs> we're all doomed we're all doomed do you want to you want to talk about like what you've been up to in the interim like because we haven't been recording as much but you've yeah. been a fucking busy bee the whole time i don't know if you mentioned on the pod before that you no, I mean, I haven't, because I haven't really yeah. announced this publicly at all, but, well, I've been working for the Seriously Wrong podcast. I know we've gained a lot of our listeners by them promoting us, so a lot of y'all might already be familiar, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've been working for them part-time, just doing some back-end editing, that sort of thing, and so I have been dedicating a lot of my time towards that, and then the other big life thing, I mean, both of us are going through pretty big life changes right now. Like, I'm moving to a different city. We're not yep. going to be in the same place anymore. Are you keeping the place under wraps? I don't. Should I publicly announce where I'm going to live? It's kind of I cool. mean, I, people <laughs> already know that I currently, people know we live in Olympia, so mm-hmm. they know you live in Olympia. No, but well. maybe my place of residence will be a 
hush hush secret for now for like, now <laughs> you gotta keep an air of mystery about you mystery you. security culture whatever you want to call sure. it <laughs> sure i'm gonna keep trying to you know do freelance audio editing stuff try and make money you know mm. working on podcasts that sort of thing which is seriously wrong and whatever other projects i mean we're both starting new podcasts essentially right yeah i think i'm gonna be doing one with it sucks like to be kind of vague about it now yeah because uh, i think i'll be going by a different name too and then so will the person i'm doing it with but this one will be a little more loose cannon you know us being hilarious to each other and stuff so i get to yeah shoot from the hip a little bit more yeah. and i've always loved doing this podcast too but it'll, i think it'll be nice to do something like a little it's a little more on the on the whimsical side, talking about the things that we've always talked about, you know, because I you guys don't see it, but like Franz always outlines is like like it's all it's like an endeavor. It's like hard work, you yeah. know. I'm and, a perfectionist. Yeah. It's really hard for me to do things less than what I think my full potential of doing that mm -hmm. thing is. And so yeah, when we started this podcast, I don't think either of us had like a super firm idea of what that was gonna look like. Yeah, no, not at all. And so it we're kind of just winging that. it, yeah. yeah. And then I kept wanting to push myself to do better and say things that were worth saying and edit it more tightly and put all this work in because like I thought I could and I thought I should and I really wanted to make, you know, I had some image of what I was striving towards. Yeah. And that is the kind of thing that I want to continue doing with my next podcast. I think the name is to be announced or to be determined, right? I, I have a pretty good idea of the name. Maybe I should, you should tease say it, it now. Maybe I'll, I'll say it at the end. That'll be okay. a All listen right. to the whole episode. You know, you got to wait till the end to find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right on. But yeah, and also I've mentioned my wife a few times on the pod, but she recently moved in with me. From across the country. Big deal. From across the country. Yeah, we've been married for two, together for five years, and it's like been a a whole struggle, like a logistic speaking, because she has a son. I have a stepson. So yeah, that's finally coming together. She's here now. I'm so glad yeah. to see her when I come over. It's nice. It makes me really happy. It makes me feel a lot happier. Like, I, like I've skipped my seasonal depression this Fuck year, yeah. too. I fucking got lucky. And so yeah, man, and it's nice. And I feel like a lot of it is just like I want to <laughs> focus on not being so goddamn doom and gloom, just kind of enjoying <laughs> my family more. I feel kind of bad that this show the subject of this podcast has like pigeonholed you into the doomer role i mean i do that to myself yeah. though because yeah. like, yeah. you've always given me the outs to be like hey bed yeah like, you know <laughs> like this isn't like a character or whatever that i put on like it is how i feel about like what's happening in the broader world the whole like vaccine shit <laughs> i've been really fucking black pilling me because of just how like i, I don't i don't want to say like anti-scientific but just it just reminds me of, like, the ages of witch hunts and shit, you know? Like, the world is, like, fucking falling apart around them, and it drives, if not individual people, but, like, groups of people kind of insane, you know? Away from logical thinking. Away from logical into thinking. Into these, like, fantastical conspiracy theory, disconnected from reality mentalities. Yeah, and it's just, it's so frustrating and, like... All the people that I've heard at the bar, at my job, you know, coming in being like, I ain't getting that damn vaccine. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what. And it's literally just people upset that the government or someone if someone is telling them that they have to do a thing. And it's just like, <laughs> on the one hand, I, I get it. On the other, it's like, what a stupid place to like draw the line in the sand. Like, oh, I don't want them to, to microchip. You don't know what kind of microchip they're going to put in the in the vaccines. And we're just like, you have one in your pocket. It's called your fucking phone. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we have allowed so much of our personal freedoms. Hopefully I don't sound like too much of a fucking patriot or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, like, with the internet itself, you know, 
our data is constantly being fucking sold and bought from these corporations that we have no <laughs> no say over anymore. You were fucking signed the user agreement act to use the stupid app, you know. So now it's disheartening. And all these fucking boomers are signing up on Facebook and not reading those terms and conditions and hitting yeah. accept, but then they won't get a vaccine because they think like, it has a microchip in exactly. it. Exactly. And it's like, well, even if you do read the user agreement, it's like, what are you going to do, not use Facebook? That's where all your fucking friends from high school are, whatever, you know? Like, that's how it's just so integrated into, like, how we relate to each other, you know, that it's just like, now you're going to fucking <laughs> draw a line in the sand with the vaccine, something that actually can, like, whether or not we want to trust the pharmaceutical companies. It's like this, the science behind vaccines themselves, like, as a concept, it's tried and true. I know it's a bit of a tangent. I've always been a tangential person or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know politically what to do. And like, it feels bad to like kind of admit to myself that this position that I have, like it really does make me feel like impotent in a lot of ways, you know, as far as like, what can I do to change anything, right. <laughs> you know? And that's always annoyed me because it sounds like an excuse to not do anything. And maybe it is. I guess it just depends on what you choose to do instead. And so, like, now it's like, man, I'm going to try and get a house or somewhere, you know, like, around here and, like, wait for the fucking climate to change so that it's, like, the new Mediterranean here, you know? <laughs> it's it's like bleak, dude. It's bad. Don't know how to get away from that. And it sucks. It's, like, even listening to, like, other podcasts and shit, there's always this moment where, like, the two hosts, for whatever reason, at least the ones I listen to, they're like, oh, yeah, the fucking world is burning up. And, uh, well, anyways, let's talk about something brighter. And it's like, yeah, dude, no one wants to fucking think about it. Yeah. And, like, I can't blame them, dude, because this is fucking, yeah, this is, like, beyond, like, an existential crisis that's happening to us. It's, like, the realities of all the fucking doomsaying that, like, the actual, like, climate scientists and shit that have been warning us about, like, okay, this is going to have really bad effects. It's going to affect millions of people. The thing has to fall apart on itself. I don't know if we're going to be able to take it apart ourselves. I don't think that means that you don't try, but it's like, for me, it's like, well. It sounds like you're making the desert argument. I mean, I, I, I don't even remember what is in desert anymore, honestly. Like, I just remember it pissed me off. But uh, I don't find hope in it, though. You know what I mean? Like, I guess maybe that's the difference is like, if there's hope, it has nothing to do with me or my family or my friends. Because they're the ones that are going to suffer, you know? And so I guess what I'm saying is, like, I'm just trying to figure out ways to mitigate that suffering for the people that I know in my community. You know, it's like, where's there going to be, like, water, the least amount of food shortages and shit, you know what I mean? The other part that's scary is, like, it's going to happen when I'm fucking old, too. You know what I mean? I'm going to be old and, uh, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry to be all, I mean, this is the doom shit, you know? I guess my point, and it's kind of scary because it's like, I'm doing my best to, like, enjoy my life now and enjoy the comforts that are here now, but it's like, man, it's scary how quickly it seems to be happening, too, like at an exponential rate, dude. All the encampments that are everywhere. I've never seen shit like... We've lived in Olympia for a while, which has always been kind of like... like we at least when we were a kid, of, like traveling kids and shit, you know? A lot of visible homelessness. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot of cities on the West Coast, Ex I think. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But this is like more than... Yeah. It's extreme. It's extreme, dude, and it's fucking scary because it's like this is how it starts, dude. Because those motherfuckers can only tolerate living in a in a tent outside of like giant buildings that are empty and air conditioned. You know when they're fucking sleeping outside. You know what I mean? Because they're human. You know, and like humans aren't meant to fucking just like live in squalor when there's so much about like abundance about. You yeah. know what I mean? And you don't think there is going to be a breaking point where enough will people be realize that point. to join I don't into know, something. Man. Like, if there is hope, it's in fucking, I don't know, 
resistance, if you want to put it in the fucking the most vague, dumb term. Shit is just going to get hotter and more land is going to get more uh, untenable. And the people that are lucky are going to fucking be the ones that are like closest to the border. They can get to the, the cooler places where they're just going to have more water. So, yeah, in my mind, there's two options. And one looks more likely to happen, which is things are just going to get worse until they stop. It's very um black and white thinking. I guess so. Two man. options. I don't know. Well, what was the third? I can't predict the future. I don't know. I can't follow this up. You gave your whole <laughs> doomer spiel. Now you're making me feel really doomy, you know? This I know. is I well, mean, go, going back to the original question I asked you of like, do you feel pigeonholed into the doomer perspective is the inverse I feel is true that I feel pigeonholed by being the bloomer mm -hmm. on this podcast. In the sense of, like, I don't know what the future is going to look like. I can't make accurate predictions. You know, if things turn out good or bad or in some complicated new configuration that I could have never predicted. Before capitalism was reorganized under the neoliberal order, people didn't necessarily see that coming or know what that would look like. I think there's a lot of things that could happen and it's very complex and that there's not like our two options aren't apocalypse or utopia. I do feel very doomery sometimes. Like I do relate to a lot of what you were just saying of there is some degree of climate change that we're locked in for. It's looking very unlikely that we're going to reverse that in time to not lock in even more, you know? And so I know that the rest of my life and the rest of the lives of everyone who's alive right now are going to be incredibly challenging. And by everyone, I don't mean the billionaires, right? Like we know there's certain classes of people that are going to come out of this fairly unscathed personally. But yeah, if I they know, go unchallenged. But right? I know, yeah, if they go unchallenged, exactly. But it's hard to have the conversation be on this level of like, do you have hope or do you not have hope? For me personally, having some degree of hope and engaging with that and centering that in my motivation to keep being engaged with political projects, even when so much of the world seems doomed, right? Mm -hmm. Like coronavirus is a good example, or, you know, conspiracy theories and anti-vax movement that is allowing COVID in the U.S. to continue to spread, run rampant, and just make it more dangerous, make it more mm -hmm. transmutable. Mm -hmm. Watching this unfold and also watching the global vaccine disparity between first world countries where we've hit a wall where no more people will take them, and yeah. then third world countries where they can't access enough of the vaccine, seeing how this pandemic, which we've said we have the technology to address in really amazing ways, the fact that we've been able to develop the vaccine, the fact that we have an understanding of how the spread works and how to mitigate it, but the social organization of the world that exists, they haven't been working. Like We have the capability to have responded to this pandemic so much better, and the fact that we as humanity were incapable of doing that makes me feel very nervous about climate change. Like It feels like this was the test run. Yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. We're fucking it up. Just the test run. In my most doomy mental state of feeling overwhelmed and anxious and like the world is a horrible place, that is what I turn to and I engage with and I try to figure out like how do I make that fit with also my deeply held worldview that a better world is possible, that these social organizations, these states and corporations that are utterly failing us during COVID aren't the end-all be-all of human organization. There are other ways to do things and that there are more people who are oppressed by this system than are oppressors in it. And that if we 
organize, if we build something different, that we can make something different. But how do we do that? And Yeah, because it feels like a lot of it's already been tried and failed. And maybe the truth is scarier that it is just this fucking Sisyphean feat of just like pushing the rock up the hill and then having it fall back down on you over and over again. I mean, that's what organizing feels a lot like a lot of the times, man. And, you know, maybe there just needs to be more work in like analyzing why that is. The system of control that capitalism is like instilled on on us is fucking Lovecraftian. Sometimes it feels like it feels almost insurmountable. I think hope lies in enough people getting disgusted with what's happening, what life is becoming, that clinging to that life is less appealing than risking that life to fight against it, you know? But I don't think most people are there at this point, you know? Which is fair, you know? <laughs> I can't sit here, I don't think anyone can sit here and just, like, ask just the random masses to make a sacrifice in some, like, fight against the billionaires or whatever. But if there's hope, it's in that energy or whatever. Is that the Star Wars quote? Hope lies in rebellion. <laughs> is, that- is that a Star Wars? That's fucking beautiful if it is. Must be from one of the newer ones. Might like- be from Rogue One or something. Yeah, it sounds like some Rogue One yeah. shit. Rogue you know, One was what- good, yeah. actually. I still haven't seen them. Oh, damn. You should watch that. That's what everyone... <laughs> Which is so crazy because that's Disney, dude. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's it's such a mind fuck, Hot man. Hot take. Rogue One is the only good Star Wars movie. I like Star Wars, dude. <laughs> I liked fun. all the it's Star fun. I've always been a fan, but that's besides the point. Well, I had one more point about the bloomerism thing and how the pandemic ties into our ability to actually address and mitigate climate change. I don't think it is the correct way to look at it. It's definitely not the only way to look at it to say that COVID was this test run for dealing with global catastrophes and we failed it that's just not what it was that's me assigning a narrative onto these world events because i have anxiety and to be clear that's i'm not saying that this is like a failure or whatever it was always going to fail in america specific you know like how our healthcare systems any of our social welfare systems how they function in this country are completely dysfunctional and they've been gutted for fucking decades now so of course it was always going to be this shitty like this is what people have been saying We're just now dealing with the actual consequences of it. The COVID pandemic is unprecedented in our lifetimes of this global catastrophe, but it is not going to be the only thing of its type. Like, I think. Yeah, absolutely not. The intensification of climate change, the next hundred years are going to be unprecedented after unprecedented after unprecedented. And so the fact that after this first catastrophe, this first test, this first moment of like, can humanity as a global community respond to this? change our behavior in a way that that mitigates this problem and saves the lives of as many people as possible, it isn't surprising to me that most people have responded to this poorly. It's a chaotic, crazy thing to throw at anybody's life. Like, you're not going to respond to it well. And so many people are already wrapped up in this weird post-truth, alternative Mm. fact, Mm -hmm. conspiracy theory, pseudo-populist mindset that those people who benefit from spinning those narratives, you know, whether it be the Fox News hosts or random 4chan posters trying to get clout, you know, whoever it it is, like spinning the QAnon narratives and benefiting from that, clearly have their propaganda ship together better than the left does, better than anarchists do. And I don't think that is to say, well, people will always inevitably act in these ways and not be able to respond well. It's a sign of like, wow, we need to be learning how to counter these things and getting better at doing that. And the only way to do that is to learn and figure out what works and study. Like how have Yeah, we do need to do that, but everyone's too fucking tired all the time to do to want to do it. And everyone's too fucking depressed and scared to want to do it. 
That's the shitty part. God bless y'all that do muster out the fucking energy to do it. You're one of them. But it's like, but it gets to y'all. But sometimes, exactly, you know. I've been in the past, too. Which isn't to say that I can't again in the future. But it's like a race. And it's like, are we going to win at this point? I don't know. I guess it's worth trying, you know. Yeah. I'm kind of over the framing of like, are we going to win or are we going to lose? Like to me, it's just too binary. It's too simplistic. But it's like, I, are we going to live or are we going to die? I mean, I'm going to die either way. Like every person dies. I'm talking about like humanity, you know, like, I mean, I don't like our kids. And so like, that's what's fucked. Listen, some days, maybe it's just today, dude. I feel like we also kind of fluctuate on our hopelessness versus hopefulness. And again, like the quote, there's hope in rebellion. Foster that. Work and organize for that, you know? Do whatever the fuck you guys want. You know what I mean? Like, do something I, I or do nothing. Well, <laughs> who gives a shit? <laughs> I think this actually is a good place to say that what I want to keep doing with my new podcast, the name I'm on right now is Positive Program. And if people aren't familiar with that phrase in a political context, the idea is that a group or an organization or an individual's negative program represents what they're against. And the positive program represents what you're for, what you're building towards. And so I think right now a lot of political allegiances or coalitions are built around negative programs. Like you look at anarchism. What are anarchists? People who are against hierarchy, against the state. You know, they're slightly different definitions, but broadly uniting terms are what are we against? And that's great. I am against the state. I am against hierarchy. I like working with people along those lines. Mm -hmm. But they're But what are you pro? But what are you for? And I think there really is a real deficit. Like I think a lot of people are stuck in this position of there's nothing I can do. I'm too burnt out. I don't see any point in putting work into organizing because there's just not a lot being done because people don't know what to do. Yeah. They don't know what is worth putting their energy towards. Yeah. No one is working on the same things. Like there's disparate people trying to like put together projects, but then those projects don't talk to each other and they fall apart. Yeah. And so like on positive program, yes, a little bit of a pun. I'm going to be maintaining the, the bloomer persona a little bit. It'll be the happy, positive, whatever. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> how much of that energy I can bring. But I want to focus most episodes on talking about some sort of program, some sort of thing that can be done that is building towards a better future, whether that be talking about an existing organization that is doing really cool work, mutual aid, dual power, anarchist organizing work or whether it's talking about certain strategies and evaluating how they've been used over time, certain tactics, whatever it is, but focusing episodes on this idea of what are we for, what are we building? You know, making a little bit tangible. What is the positive program? How do we start pushing social change in these directions that we desperately need them to go in? That sounds good. I think you hit the nail on the head because I think a lot of my own frustration comes from exactly what you described. People having good ideas, doing an org, but then someone else is doing something similar and there's not communication and da 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 shit falls apart people don't know what the fuck to do and yeah. like that's that's exactly where i'm at <laughs> i feel like a lot of the stuff that i have tried to do in the past is like kind of for stupid reasons falling apart at mm -hmm. the seams like at the last moment when it was crucial which is really fucking disheartening when that happens more than once i'm sure i'm not the only person that's like experiences i mean we've done episodes and we always talk about fucking burnout because it's a fucking problem, you know? Yeah. And mental health is a fucking big problem. I mean, it's a fucking Gordian knot or whatever, right? Where do you even start to, like, untangle it? The positive program, man. 
fucking do it. I need. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will definitely look forward to listening to that too for sure. And I'll even come on just to be able yeah. to give it the negative program. <laughs> yeah, if you let me, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. let me do a segment on the negative program every now and yeah, again, yeah, you'll, I appreciate you'll be the it. doomer correspondent. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you hit, hit me up if you ever want the fucking negative program. Cause I'm all about the negative program. Yeah. I really am still. You to, are, yeah. yeah. And I just, I'm too damn angry. You know? yeah. <laughs> I won't psychoanalyze that too much. No, I know. And it's for the folks at home listening and doing it. You're probably right, and it's fine. But the reason I've always liked it is like I just I guess I am the himbo or whatever. Is I need someone to fucking tell me what to do, man. Because my thing is all I can think is like we gotta hit something. You know? <laughs> but again, I do think a lot of the organizing work is happening. I think there is a lack of fucking outside of like doing a march in a city that just like kind of gets everybody yeah. ID'd by fucking cop drones and sh- you know what I mean. Like not to not to shit on fucking protesters, or- protest. Hand server role, but ultimately it's we symbolic evolve, street man. demonstration. Yeah, absolutely. And at some point, our tax got to evolve. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's purely just a culture war thing. Mm-hmm. We're playing in the simulacrum or whatever, you know, in the, in the simulation while the fucking actual world falls apart. So, I hope those programs are out there. I think your podcast would be a great platform for that too. But yeah, I don't know. Are you not hopeful anymore or something? No, I mean, I. Um, I just, I guess what I meant when I said I feel like pigeonholed into the bloomer experience is it really forces me to like ask that question over and over again of like, are we fucked or like, is there hope? And I just don't think that's a good place to put my mental energy. Like I would just rather focus on like, what should we be doing and acknowledging just being task oriented, not even just like, I do want to think about the big picture. I do want to think about broader historical social change on bigger scales and whatnot, but not in this black and white, like binaristic. I don't know. I want to allow myself room to feel hopeless sometimes and have that be okay and not make it like a character trait about me. You know what I mean? Which is why I'm doing the positive program. It's more worth my energy and I generally feel better and have more energy to work on things when I'm thinking about the positive program, when I'm thinking about what positive changes could exist and how do we start working towards them. Not ignoring or allowing yourself to be blindsided by everything we're up against and how bad things could get but not putting those two things in this like stark opposition or of it's one or the other i think a lot of the positive programs that i want to be talking about will probably be applicable in a wide range of scenarios things like building up community solidarity alternative ways to meet communities needs outside of the capitalist system finding ways to decarbonize the economy by whatever means that looks like. Those are things that, regardless of the context, those are the things we need to be doing. And obviously how we achieve those things, the tactics we use are going to change depending on context. But ultimately, just keep pushing. Don't. Yeah, man. Keep living, man. Fuck it. We're all going to die anyway, so may as well live. And try to make a positive change in like whatever capacity I can plug myself into that. You there know? you go. Yeah. Like, I'm just one person, but together, we're a lot of people. Where we go one, we... Oh, wait, no, sorry. Wait, what is that one? <laughs> Where we go one, we go all. That's the Q fucking... That's the Q. That's the Q fucking bullshit. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what, is that from Ender's Game? No. <laughs> I, pretty, I mean, may as well, it, be. Like, well be. Q pretty much is Ender's Game. <laughs> That's the same fucking level of science fiction, but, I mean... Ender's Game is pretty deep, honestly. I the first one was dope. I know you're you're I know you're a stand. We've talked about it. You oh you you're a fucking stand of uh I am not an Orson, Orson Scott, Scott card. card fan. I am not him. a stand. What religion was he again? Was he Mormon? 
I think. Or was he some weird? So in Ender's Game, Ender, and I think this might be true of the author's parents, but I believe one of his parents was Mormon and the other was Catholic. Catholic, right? Yeah. And Orson Scott Card has some weird bone to pick with like Calvinists. I don't know, dude. Why is Calvinism been popping up so much in my? You know, like an actual like meme where it's all of a sudden everybody is like talking about mm-hmm. Calvinism and shit. I'm not. It's not been on my radar. I've been going. I, I think it's a fucking Spanish Catholic. That's been another rabbit hole that I've been. <laughs> that's what I've been really throwing myself into is Catholic theology, fucking studies and shit. But there is a hilarious riff in the Catholic church, like because you've heard of trad caths, right? Yes. Traditional. So yeah, I'm familiar with trad caths. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's people that are mad at Vatican II. So Vatican. Wait, what is Vatican II? Okay. I've seen. So Vatican II. See, it's a me. It is a meme, and it's fucking hilarious, dude. That people are so mad about. About it so vatican ii was a basically just like a meeting of all the pope and bishops priests of all the dioceses and the whole catholic church and what they did that was so radical was they changed the liturgy of the mass the sunday mass so before vatican ii the whole mass itself was much more like ornate and ritualized like the priest comes in with the whole gaggle of like altar boys and like most importantly his back is faced to the congregation of the people who are attending mass well, and he's facing the tabernacle which is what's supposed to keep the, the body of christ and and the mass is performed all in latin so in order to be more accessible to the lay people of the entire world you know because they changed it so that the mass could be said in, in the right. native language now the priest faces the congregation so they, they just changed how they do the official change the mass, mass yes and they but made it they made long story short they made the mass more like accessible to lay people because like most people don't know Latin, so you right. don't even know what the fuck's going on. But it's not a whole new Vatican. It's the same Vatican. It's, oh no! So it has nothing to do. The it's called Vatican II because that's where the meeting happened. Oh okay. Yeah. The Vatican II already existed. Like there is already a place called Vatican. Vatican II, II is a. <laughs> Like, no, 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 no. France, what? France. Vatican II is the name of the meeting that happened. It's an event. Oh, it is it's an, an event. Pl- it's a, okay. not a place. <laughs> the Vatican is where the meeting of Vatican. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I, I couldn't tell you why it's called Vatican II. Because it's just Catholic things are just dude, so far out you have of my no realm of idea, understanding. Dude, it is such a fucking. Think of the most convoluted like anime plot lore that you can imagine. Like this is like even more convoluted and just all the theology and just the words that they make up to like describe like the study of how the bible is interpreted and anyways that's what i've been focusing on right. to get my mind off of like yeah, climate yeah, yeah. doom and shit but wait how did we start talking what was the point of bringing up because vatican ta- ta- talking because oh because i was talking about like so trad cats oh, are yeah. people that there's like this whole conspiracy theory that, that like pope pius the six was like a was an insurgent and he fucked up the mass and that's why like the name of the new mass is called the novus ordo the new order so yeah so there's just like all these ridiculous uh conspiracy theories and people that call themselves traditional catholics are ones that like want to go to the latin mass yeah. and do all that stuff and it's not a hot take it is the take y'all who call yourselves roman catholics or trad cats are fucking fake catholics sorry like jesus said peter was his rock that was the first pope pope fucking rule is dogmatic law so if you don't follow the fucking sorry sorry you didn't like the pope that's what he said so play by your own rules i decided i'm a secular catholic i don't actually oh my believe God. this is a new it, development and like i don't like believe jesus christ is like fucking savior and i have to take the eucharist and stuff but i do <laughs> if you're gonna be a christian or whatever like you have to listen to the to the catholics and shit they're right about it's what when it comes to christian theology they're a piece of shit i hate the institution 
they're fucking homophobic and they, they have this weird obsession with abortion. That was another rabbit hole I went to. It was like the history of of like anti-abortion shit in the Catholic Church specifically and how it's changed and how they define where soul is. And it gets really into the weeds, but it's funny. It explains a lot about how our Western society is like why it's all fucked up because it's like bizarre. And they go through these ridiculous like gymnastics to like make the Bible say what they want it to say so they can like justify whatever the fuck they want to do. So anyways. That's another. Ooh. That's your Catholic rant. Mm-hmm. I see in our new podcast that I'm doing with the homie is another former Catholic too. And oh, so, wow. so we, we're going to, dude, we found this fucking crazy trad Catholic communist. We're going to try and get her on and like try and figure out oh what the, what, <laughs> what her deal is. So stay tuned for more of that. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're just going to get weird with it on, on, on commie get, side. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get weird with it in the Catholic church well, stuff or whatever shit, else. Because yeah, the homies also like writes a lot of like articles on like the conflict in Yemen and stuff, and like has like done a lot of work with that. So, so it'll broadly be still like lefty. It's gonna be it's gonna be theme, like basically just like fucking we're doing we're doing we're doing Chavo or whatever you know just like what's in the news. Be hilarious about it. So whatever. Fuck yeah, and like when you have a more firm like what's the name? Where is it being hosted mm-hmm. and stuff? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Share that on here and all that so y'all can find it. Yeah, and if it never happens, mind your business, all right? Yeah, it's mind fun. your own it's, fucking business. It's fun to, to plan and try to do things even if you don't end up doing them, so. But yeah, we're just we're still trying to figure out what a good name is. We're coming up with terrible ones right yeah. now, so. And you, I mean, you remember how long note, it took us to oh fucking, you remember how long it took yeah. us to fucking finally decide that we were doing And then Doomer v. Bloomer, it's just kind of like a mouthful, like it's fine. I mean, on that note of like trying things out and, and whatnot, like I'm really glad we did this podcast. Yeah, man. Give it, me a hug. Give me a hug mean, on On Mike. Yeah, it's, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's good, dude. Grateful for it, man. You've put in, I've always said, you, you, you know you put in all the work and stuff and did a fucking awesome job making making this podcast happen. And I mean, I never would have done it without you like pestering me and bothering me. Like, when are we going to start a podcast? When are we going to start a podcast? Yeah. So, yeah, it's been two years. It's been two years. So now, yeah, now it's like a thing that we do as a hobby or whatever. Mm -hmm. And thanks to all y'all for who are listening. Yeah. Makes it more fun when more people listen, you know? Yeah. yeah, So we appreciate y'all coming along on this journey with us, especially our, our beloved patrons for, you know, Believing in us when we didn't even believe in ourselves. <laughs> One final and sincere thank you from the bottom of our hearts to all our Patreon supporters. Yep. For believing in us, throwing us some cash, helping make doing this podcast Pay worth it. Pay for the mics and fucking oh, yeah. all the Bought cool stuff. Equipment. Yeah. With that, I guess you win the podcast. It's yours now. I hand I hand it over to you as a prize. But as far as Doomer v. Bloomer is concerned, this project has reached its conclusion. And we are no more. A big thank you one last time for sticking with us through this whole project. As we said in the episode, really enjoyable, really glad I did it, and super grateful for everyone's support and time along the way. As far as where you can find our future projects, this RSS feed will be up for a while, and any announcements or first episodes from future podcasts will definitely be posted here. I can't promise that it will be up forever because it does cost money to maintain this, uh, but it'll be up for quite a while. If you're listening to this in the far future or if you just want another way to find updates, 
definitely check our Patreon page. A lot of our older episodes are up there behind a paywall, which you can unlock if you really want to dig deep and get the old cringe stuff. Uh, but otherwise, a lot of the more recent episodes are just up there for free, and it's a good place to keep your eyes on for future updates. Our other socials will also be staying up, so that would be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm not going to deactivate any of those, so if you wanted to keep your eyes on those pages, continue following them, whatever, you might see updates there. One last time, a big thank you to the Channel Zero Network for having us. You're definitely going to hear one final jingle for the network uh, after I'm done talking here, but before that, I just wanted to read off one final time a big thank you to everyone who's ever supported us on Patreon, and that would be Venetius Oriani, Traveler's Depot, Travis Foster, T-Rad, Tippy Bottom, Tilda Joy, Steve Lawson, Skeptical Safety Guy, Scott O'Malley, Peter, Pat, Marcus Koneke, Lindsay Lubin, Carl, Kaylee Schneider, Justin Blaisdell, Joshua Stevens, Joseph McGee, Jeremy Somerville, Jameson Brewer, Imo, Holly, Eric Dog, Alicia, Elliot Jude, Daniel Jacob, Crispy Faffenrod, Chris Scheitberger, Chris George, Blink-182 Forever, Audrey Birch, and Allie. So thank you to everyone for your support over the years. Thanks for helping make this happen, and stay tuned for what we're up to next. Bye. You're listening to a Channel Zero Network podcast. The Channel Zero Network is a decentralized network of anarchist podcasts, bringing you analysis of current events, media criticism, rebellious music, interviews with academics and authors, how-tos, and so much more. This is The Final Straw Radio, a weekly anarchist and anti-authoritarian radio show broadcasting out of occupied Saligi land in southern Appalachia. Hello, and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. I'm your host, Margaret Kiljoy. What's up, y'all? I'm Pearson, host of Coffee with Comrades. You've been listening to Rebel Steps. I'm your host, Liz. Believe in yourself, trust one another, and get organized. Hello, this is Linda. You're listening to Subversion 1312 on the Channel Zero Network. Whether you are anarcho-curious or a hardened militant, CZN's ever-growing roster of programs has something for you. Head over to channelzeronetwork.com to find out more.